Welcome to Alderman Farms Radio. This is a podcast where we'll be uploading the audio from our weekly live YouTube shows as part of the Homestead Network. For more information, you can check out thehomesteadnetwork.com for a list of channels and showtimes, and we hope you'll join us on our Alderman Farms YouTube channel. Thanks for dropping in. Now here's the show. Well, here we are, live today, Sunday, July 17th, uh, 2016. Um, I hope we've got a little, our moderator, Corey, is running a little late, so Patty has got her iPad over to the left to sort of try to pull double duty and monitor comments and whatnot. Uh, the first thing is to let us know about the audio uh, and the syncing. I had uh, great help from uh, Tiffany. I've forgotten her um, YouTube handle, but she got on a Skype call and helped me find the confounded setting to delay the audio. Uh, so we've got a setting. We're delaying it by 1,000 milliseconds at the moment. We'll see how that goes. Um, the second little bit of housekeeping that we need to take care of is that we, we appear to have some bad weather coming. Um, I was 30 minutes south of here a little while earlier today, and uh, it was really ominous looking with some heavy, heavy rain and, and bad weather. So that just means that if we disappear, uh, the power's gone out, and uh, we probably won't be back. So talk amongst yourselves or, or go do something else. Um, I want to make sure to remind you, though, that following our show at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, be sure and hop over to, the, uh, to Brad and Krista's channel at the Big Family Homestead and catch their show. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've got a confession to make, and that is that I really don't want to be here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, it doesn't have anything to yeah. do with uh, with you guys or this show or anything, but I spent uh, 15 years at the Baker Police Department in, in Baker, Louisiana, just north of Baton Rouge. Uh, worked under then Baker Chief of Police, Sid Gotro, who is now the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff. Um, I know Carl Dabadee, who is the current chief of police in the city of Baton Rouge. I know the former <clears throat> chief who, who, uh, that Carl took over for, Jeff LaDuff. Um, I know Colonel Edmondson, the, the colonel of the Louisiana State Police, not very well. I guess I had a professional relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, we did have a few uh, pleasant conversations about... Uh, law enforcement principals on a, on a couple of times, but, but primarily I, I know Carl Dabadee and Sid Gotro well, and my heart is breaking for them. Um, if you don't know, I'm sure, I'm sure most, you, you almost have to know uh, what happened in, in Baton Rouge this morning where uh, six officers were shot three East Baton Rouge Parish deputies, three Baton Rouge police officers. Um, Two Baton Rouge police officers died very soon. Uh, One East Baton Rouge Parish deputy also died very soon. Uh, There's another officer or deputy that is in critical condition. And as I understand it, the two other injured officers were not life-threatening. Information is sketchy at this point. There's, as there always is, in a situation such as this, they call it the fog of war, but it applies uh, even on the streets in an incident like this where initial ideas or initial reports are very rarely can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because people are lying, but it's because people tell stories based on what they see from their own vantage point, their own, their own um, perspective and sometimes it doesn't turn out to be completely accurate. Um, There were initial reports today that there was many as three shooters, you know, very similar to uh, initial early reports that came out in Dallas that they were thinking it was at least three shooters. Part of that is because law enforcement officers are trained on, on what we call the plus one rule. 
uh, as a, a rule for officer safety that if you see no weapons, you assume that there's one. If you see one, you assume there's two. If you see two, you assume there's three. Uh, so forth and so on, just as a matter of vigilance and, um, and, and being protected. But they've released a couple of the names of the slain officers. There's still uh, at least one name that may, may be released already, but I don't know. And so I'm on pins and needles wondering if I, if I know this, the, this man or woman. I did not know the two names that have already been announced, but um, I'm heartbroken today. And uh, so I may not be my normal jolly self. I'm sorry about that. I, I want to uh, make a concerted effort uh, to lighten up, you know, as the program goes along to, to get my mind on something else. But my heart is with my brothers and sisters uh, in, in Baton Rouge. I, I just want to, I want you to know this. I posted this a little while ago on Facebook and you know, if you've spent any time on our channel, you know that we don't get political. Um, we, don't, um, we don't talk about such things. I don't, I don't talk about my, my law enforcement background because that's not what my channel is about. But I felt compelled to post this on Facebook a little while earlier, and I just want to touch on it here for a moment. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, and talk about homestead and stuff, talk about Alderman Farm stuff. Um, and that is, as I mentioned at the outset, I know Sid Gotro, Sheriff Sid Gotro. I know Carl, Sid Gotro is like a brother to me. In fact, he and my brother-in-law are best friends. And uh, he, he's like a brother to me, um, you know, even today. I know Carl Dabadee. Um, I know both of these men are quality human beings who have dedicated their life to public service. I know these people. Okay, I, I, I want to stress that. I know these people. I'm, I'm not going on, uh, on secondhand reports of what other people say about him. These, these men are friends of mine, and I know their hearts. And they've poured their lives into honorable public service. I know there's such a thing, although I also know it to be uh, more rare than some might might propose. There is such a thing as dishonorable public servants. There is such a thing as dishonorable law enforcement officers. I've met one or two in my entire in the entire 20 years that that I spent in law enforcement. I can tell you that these two men do not fall within that group. Um, they love the city and the parish that they're that they've been in charge with. They love the citizens of the city and parish, and they love the men and women who have been sworn to protect it. And the thing that I, I saw, a, they had a press conference today at 3 p.m. our time, where it was kind of the first press conference after today's horrific thing. And I was in the car, I couldn't see it, but I, I was listening to it on the radio. Patty was here um, at our place watching it, and she saw the same thing that I heard, and that is that these men have the weight of mountains on their shoulders. You could hear it in their voices. Patty said you could see it in their faces. That, and, and I know partially what that is. Certainly it's grief for the loss um, of their comrades. But also, and I want you to hear me on this, also, I know that a lot of it had to do with the weight of the realization of the absolute truth that it's not going to stop. People are asking about ways to stop this and, and to come up with solutions. I'm afraid the train has left the station because I want, and, and listen, I, I don't get too preachy on my channel. And you know what? Probably I should do more of that because God has given us a vehicle, so, so brace yourself. There's only one solution. Or let, let, me get, let me get to the crux of the problem. Here's the crux of the problem. The hearts of men are wicked. There's wickedness in the world. There's evil in the world. And the only possible solution to stop this madness is the gospel. The only possible solution is the changing of men and women's hearts. That's right. 
I was so pleased and impressed with Sheriff Gotro today who stood at that microphone and basically said the same thing. That's right. Hearts have got to change. And Jesus Christ is the only one that can change them. That's right. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only remedy um, to the situation in which we find ourselves today. Mm-hmm. So I would ask you to pray to that end. Uh, because, listen, short of a move of God on this country, um, this is not going to stop. But and then the last thing I'll say, and I'll move on, about the burden I saw or I heard in their voices and Patty saw in their faces is that they know that the next time the phone rings, they're going to go. That's right. The next time a 911 call comes in, they're going to respond. Even, with the, even though they have the knowledge or the fear that it could be an ambush, that somebody may have just called 911, and I don't know that that's exactly what happened today. It's a possibility. Yeah. I know it happened in Georgia a week or, or yeah. two ago. No, last week. And I know it's happened, it's, it happened in the 70s before there was 911, mm-hmm. where people would make calls to, just to ambush. When that phone rings, when that 911 call comes, even with the realistic possibility that it's a setup for an ambush, guess what? They're going to go. When the phone rings and the call comes, they're going to go, even though there's a part of the community in Baton Rouge and, and elsewhere who no longer trust the police and no longer would be inclined to render aid. They're going to go anyway. You know why? Because that's who they are. And so I probably have gone too far. I would ask you to forgive me to put this in context of the pain that I'm feeling today from people that I personally know who have been, um, whose departments have been attacked and have suffered tremendous loss. So, so just bear with me. But I just would ask you this final thing. Remember this. It's not a cliche. It's the truth. Those men and women run towards situations that the rest of us have the liberty to run away from. That's right. So my heart is broken. I'm sorry about that, that this fell on today. But I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to vent a little bit and uh, just to kind of share my heart, you know. Um, <laughs> life on the farm just got real. Um, that was real. And so I just, I just felt like maybe it was, you know, it helped me. Uh, it was cathartic for me to get it off of my chest. So thank you for, for letting, me, letting me do that. So... Um, I'm way behind on comments or anything, Patty. I'm going to turn it over and let you say whatever you want to at this point. Very, very kind comments, and we appreciate all of y'all's support and, and your agreement with what Tommy said. Uh, just a very, very sad time, and, you know, a little slogan we say, life on the farm just got real. I mean, it's what we've dealt with on the farm today, you know. We, you know, thank God that uh, the pigs stayed in today and uh, <laughs> no more broken turkey legs, but that's where we've been um glued to the you know it's so funny because we we cut the cord on on uh television uh some while ago in favor of just getting our news via internet sources and so we've been glued on twitter and uh, i've been i could actually get the local news in baton rouge live so on facebook right yeah through facebook yeah yeah. facebook luckily news channels are are using facebook live a lot so and my sister's been you know we found we were in church this morning when we found out um my sister texted me what was going on uh it wasn't until about 10 30 it happened about 8 30 i don't know if you knew that it happened about 8 30 yeah i just i just found that out but uh so we were late hearing about it but anyway we were able to pray at the end of church you know as as a group for for everybody so that was that was a blessing that my sister did let us know in time to do that but, um, you know, uh, we we're planning on talking about sustainability today. And, you know, with, with all the turmoil in our country, um, you know, think about the people, the residents I have, you know, all of our families there, our, our immediate family, really, is in Baker area, Baton Rouge, uh, got first cousins in Baton Rouge. And, you know, I think about them and, you know, they're warning their residents to stay inside, you know, to not go anywhere. And, of course, you know, this isn't going to last, but, you know, a few days. They're, they're trying to process the crime scene, and plus they don't want people getting on the road. I don't know how to make comments come up I'm on my gonna iPad. See, I'm going to see if I, I can find them for you. I was trying to do it. But, um, you know, 
they say most most Americans only have about three days worth of food. And when we talk about sustainability, you know, of course, like I said, they, they want people to stay off the road where they won't have wrecks, where they won't distract the police officers that's trying to to handle this situation and, and handle their own grief. I can't imagine. I can't imagine them trying to handle their grief and still having to do their job. Uh, that's so dangerous right now at this point. But anyway, uh, when I think about sustainability, my mind just has to go back to Katrina. Um, we were hit pretty hard with Katrina. Thank God we didn't really have any structural damage. We almost did uh, with trees falling, but, but God spared us that uh that damage we were without power for about 10 days it did get and we, we realized to say hit hard we oh, realized yeah. the relativity of that statement right right yeah you know like i said we didn't suffer any deaths here that i know of no. um you know we we did there was people in our community that suffered uh structural damage to their homes and stuff like that um and some who were out of power for a month yeah yeah longer than us we were without power for 10 days um, we did have to keep the generators running. We had stocked up on gas. It's, Katrina slipped up on me. I don't know where I was, but uh, we did end up, we were able to get gas and um, in the neighboring town, which is about 30 miles away, um, there was an actual shooting at a gas station over gas, I believe. Um, so I think one of our kids, our oldest may have been driving. Of course, we kept him home. Uh, we didn't go to town. Uh, unless we had to. I went one time with my neighbor. We went and got, I always say it wrong, hot ice, cold ice, what is it called? Dry ice. Dry, <laughs> dry ice. <laughs> I, can't, I never I always call that the wrong name. Hot ice don't make sense. But anyway, dry ice, that don't make sense to me either. But anyway, I did get some of that, and uh, it was helpful. Um, we were milking uh, a few goats at the time, so we had fresh milk every day. We had fresh eggs every day. We did have to, you know, be able, and with having four kids at home, and Tommy and I, it wasn't an issue with the milk spoiling on us. Um, we drank what we wanted to, and then I think I had the dry ice at that time, and so I kept that in the ice chest, and that's how I kept it preserved, and we would just, you know, we just drank as much as we could. Um, and of course, the eggs didn't go bad. Um, and like I said, Tommy had to run the generator and all. And we did fine. And Tommy makes a joke that I'm Laura Ingalls and that I enjoy that kind of thing. And I do enjoy not yeah, hearing Yeah, I tell right. everybody she was disappoint disappointed when the power came back on. Um, it did get, it started getting really hot uh, after a few days. It was real overcast. And about the, that time, we, were, we got a call to go help out at a local church. And so we did do that. And our routine was that we would get up and we'd take care of animals and do what we needed to do. And... Uh, we have a well, so Tommy could hook up the uh, generator to the well, and we could run baths and stuff like that as we needed to. Seemed like they might have. No, we had the swimming pool. We'd take yeah. A, we'd take a bath in the swimming pool. We bathed in the swimming pool. But um, anyway, uh, but we would run the water to fill up, you know, our water, and we'd fill up the bathtub to flush the toilet because we have a, a septic tank, um, so we could pour water in and make it flush. But anyway, we did things like that, and then we would go to the church by 10 o'clock every morning and we would stay there till near about 10 o'clock every night helping and so um you know we didn't suffer through the the hottest part of it um because we were there and they did have air they had electricity there and everything so after the first three four five days something like that we were helping out the church and we continue to help out at the church afterwards we got a lot of people in from new orleans and uh they opened up the church people were actually living at the church so we had to prepare meals and stuff like that but anyway when I start thinking about sustainability, I do think about Katrina, and we did very, we did fine. Um, of course, the gas had that been had that lasted a long time, and we wouldn't have had access to gas. We would have, we would have not been able to run the generator that kept our freezers going, that kept our refrigerators going. So I would have had to change from there my game plan and everything. Um, that don't really scare me. I, I know how to can, and I've been canning a lot. I can this week. I did. Uh, seven pints of salsa no but it was a wake-up call it was it was um i i became more prepared after katrina um we got our storm shelter after that yeah um which which does stay much cooler at night uh, i slept inside at night one thing it was fun, funny Tom, of course the boys Corey, did you make a shelter outside for after katrina uh i know my oldest son made him a 
seemed like a hammock canopy thing outside in the yard and but they all was burning up and so i uh, they uh they made them makeshift beds out on the deck and stuff like that i slept that. on the deck yeah tommy slept on the deck but uh he y'all got, it he was august it was august yeah. in in central mississippi what do you want I but, mean, but was... tell them tell them what you saw when you turned the flashlight on outside at night you know you do remember uh-uh. you said roaches went everywhere because we live oh, in the woods yeah <laughs> he oh, was a little that. freaked out after <laughs> about that so but he didn't come back in and sleep he stayed sleeping outside but you know that would be our main problem you know to go any long one of our main problems would be the the heat we're, 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 we do have air conditioning and we do enjoy our air conditioning and uh so anyway that that would be a problem with us uh well getting used to the heat the creek would be we've spent a lot of time at the creek yeah we would if we'd spend a lot and and then you know the woods it's just amazing when you when you go from up close to your house which we don't have a ton of trees around our house out into the woods we we've, we call it the pine forest an area we just got fenced off when you go start walking in there and it's got such a good a good canopy of trees covering covering you it's so much cooler there you yeah. know it, and not that you wouldn't sweat you know but it yeah. it wouldn't be as hot as it's like it is up close to the house but um one thing we talked about well, last week let me interrupt right quick ahead. grandpa's asking about how the turkey's doing we've noticed a little bit of swelling in the foot uh that you know it seems to be doing fine so we're gonna we're gonna check the bandage and adjust yeah. accordingly yeah. Uh, the color in the foot is great yeah uh, so there's no discoloration it's just swelling a little bit but gosh it's been on there what when did we do that it was before the last sunday yeah so, so it's been it needs to be changed. it's been well over a week but we we need to adjust it uh, but seems to be doing fine other than a little bit of swelling in the foot i'm sorry go ahead um, no that's okay um i see that uh somebody's saying on on my ipad it's a little different than on the computer it doesn't say who's saying it it's got your picture yes but, it does oh, it it does. Name oh at, the, at the, bottom. the bottom okay yeah deep south homestead they said that they uh they lost power today I saw. I looked at the radar. It looked like some really angry. Uh, yeah, I drove through some up. of it. You yeah. know, that like down uh, south yeah. south of Macomb was. <clears throat> I had to drive like twenty miles an hour. Yeah, but um. Anyway, I can't remember who mentioned it last week. I was talking about saving seeds. That's one thing that I think about about being sustainable is to be able to save your seeds from year to year. And somebody mentioned this, and I had looked at it numerous times, but I ordered it. And so I'm really excited to have this book. Seed to Seed. Seed to Seed. From Su- Su- Suzanne Ashworth. So I'm, I'm really excited about it, to have it at my fingertips. I could find all this information on the Internet, I'm sure. But I, I like having it in a book that I can just go to and just have it there. So anyway, that's our, just our how great, I am. Our great-grandkids will be saying, what's a book? Yeah. Did y'all have books? Hopefully that's what they'll be able to say anyway. But uh, that's one thing that uh, I think about preparedness. You know, being able to provide our food. Um, We do hunt. Uh, Tommy uh, hunts deer. I'll hunt. If he forces me to, if he doesn't kill enough deer, I think, well, I guess I need to go help. But I don't, I don't, I haven't killed a deer in many, many years, have a baby. No, once you killed the big one, it was like you were done. Yeah. uh, You kind (laughs) of hung up your spurs, you know, but. uh, I'll still go try now and then, but anyway. Um, and of course, we have the livestock animals, the pigs and the goats, and we have the cow. But um, anyway, so we have that for as far as that will help us out in preparedness. We're, we're kind of, we have too many pigs, and we may actually have a little too many goats as far as just sustaining for us. Um, and we're going to be reducing that herd of pigs down for sure to make it a more manageable amount for more of a homesteading thing instead of a farm thing. But um, anyway, we... Uh, One thing, uh, one thing I was concerned about is about sustainability was our water source. Because, like I said, we have a well, but it runs on electricity. And Tommy can hook the generator up to it, and we can get have all the water we want. But, you know, that's not sustainable to me because I can't produce gas. And so I did. We did buy a well bucket, and it was I think it was only twenty five dollars, maybe forty dollars. It's made out of PVC pipe, and I don't know all the technical names for it, but it's got a in the bottom of it it's got a thing that swivels like this and 
when you go down it's open and so the the thing fills up the tube fills up with water and when you start pulling it up the pressure makes it close and so you bring up a bucket i have rope and everything so that would be uh, uh worst case scenario for us to pull our pump but i know how to pull the pump now because we've had we've replaced the pump our plumber has replaced the pump and we help so we can pull that pump out if we need to we know how to do that but yeah. um that would be a worst case scenario you know that we would pull the the pump and like i said we've got the creek back in the back and everything that we could actually get water from but uh books yeah good point doc books work without power that's, that's right. right they do that's right and, and, I, well, and yeah. i'm gonna tell you with the internet i have printed off numerous times different pages here and there and i have them put here and there and then i don't know what happens to some of them so i'm i'm glad all of these pages are together so they're in one place if i can find this one thing i can i can know how to save seeds but i'm going to be practicing that we'll uh, we'll put a link to the book uh in the description mm -hmm. of the video afterwards grandpa says it's 89 in alaska today oh my goodness that's crazy yeah uh yankee four says solar has come down a lot it, it mm -hmm. has it's come down yeah. a lot and we're hoping it'll continue to come down mm -hmm. uh, i've actually got a good friend who uh has a solar company and so he's kind of uh keeping me abreast of uh what the the prices you know how, how they go and mm -hmm. um i still I, I would love to be completely solar and um yeah that'd be cool yeah so but we just we can't afford to do mm -hmm. that can't justify that cost mm -hmm. right now but uh, I think there'll come a day uh, when, it, mm -hmm. when it makes sense, when it makes mm -hmm. financial sense mm -hmm. to do that. One thing we've done, too, for sustainability, we're at my mom's house filming again today, but if you look right behind us, this, we have a wood-burning stove right here, and I can actually cook on that wood-burning stove, and we have a little grill that we can set in the inside of it. Um, so, you know, of course, that's it for wintertime. It's not for 100-day summer temps, but... Um, Anyway, we have a gas stove here that, of course, you know, that's not a long-range sustainability thing, but I do have a little stove we could set up outside a wood-burning stove. Um, but uh, this house that we built here for my mom, it's made with SIP panels, structure insulated panels. Isn't that the name of it? I think so. It's either self-insulated panels or structural, structural yeah. structurally, uh, structural, I don't know, SIP panels. Yeah. But anyway, they're about, they're six inches thick and... It's got a uh, styrofoam in the middle, so it's like a it's like a little ice chest, and so it really the temperatures really are stay pretty good here. Her electricity bill is never over a hundred dollars, and uh, and maybe just a little over a hundred in August, but it hasn't been over a hundred yet. So you know it uh, it really does. Uh, it's it's very insulated. It's not hard to keep warm, and it's not hard to cool either. So um, I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's structural, David said that structural insulated panel structural insulated panel thank you very much what is it Corey? what is the question oh do you have a suggestion on book for foraging, foraging. here in the south um i i, I don't not no, that i've I don't. used yeah my son cameron yeah well i'll tell you what we'll do um my oldest son cameron <clears throat> excuse me my oldest son cameron who lives in oregon now <laughs> does you know i can get a recommendation from him yeah. And um, I'll try to remember to put that in the link uh, of the description. Yeah, Patty will text him right now and see, uh, see if he answers. Um, also, I would direct you to uh, some resources on Facebook. Um, oh, yeah. We have a, there's a Facebook group for, uh, called uh, Wild Edibles in Mississippi. Um, and there may be some from other states. I actually started that. And there are some folks in that group who are like professionally trained. Um, so you can get some good feedback uh, from those. It's wild edibles in Mississippi. And, um, and, and it would be good for the South region. I mean, you know, we have well, similar, we have very similar. Yeah, but, but my point is you can probably, there may be a wild edibles in Georgia That's or true. wherever you find yourself on Facebook. Facebook's got a group for everything. Um, but Patty will see. <laughs> I must have spelled something wrong. <laughs> yeah, he said, what, huh? Forging. Ha! Yeah. yeah, we don't want blacksmithing stuff. Foraging. You need your glasses? You took your glasses off so there'd be no glare, but you need them. <laughs> All right, so she, she's texting him. And, y'all, you know, forgive me for looking down. I'm, I'm just... 
I keep looking down at my phone. I'm checking to see, you know, uh, if we've heard any anything updates. else. You know, any any more updates on the situation in Baton Rouge. But uh, anyway, but yeah, the uh, the foraging that that that's one thing. Foraging, not forging. I, I do like the idea of forging too. I was hoping my youngest son would learn that. He's here with us still. He's 19. My oldest son had learned, had done some piddling around with forging and foraging <laughs> yeah foraging and foraging <laughs> but uh anyway uh cameron uh cameron does know about some of that stuff that i would like to learn one thing i've tried to do is, is stuff that uh are kind of per, uh, perennials try and plant around where we would always have a supply of that it hasn't always worked the deer came and ate i did uh um plant some green onions back in the back. We have a, a, a camp that we had originally built when we first started uh, coming up here. And it uh, the deer liked the green onions. I didn't think they would like green onions, but they liked my green onions I planted back there. So, because I've had them here, as long as we don't have a too hard, of a too hard of a freeze, or if you cover up your green onion bulbs, you can, they'll stay in the ground and stay good for a while and keep coming back, so. Yeah. Yeah, poke salad. Yeah, we do have poke salad here. I remember Cameron picking that. He he says he said he's not sure about a specific book for the South. So that's the problem. You know, some so many of them cover such a broad area. Yeah. You know that it's just not specific. And I'm gonna but tell you something. I would imagine there is one. He just may not be familiar with it. I, I've looked at some foraging <laughs> books uh, that cover. Um, you know, uh, wider regions, like I think there's one for the eastern United States or something like that, and mm -hmm. it does cover our area. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not as bad as mushrooms. Mushrooms right. are, to my it feeble mind, m mushrooms are impossible to me. I know they're not. Save your cards and letters. I know they're not impossible, but it overwhelms me um, with this precise, precise uh, identification that needs to take place. Well, a lot of times wild edibles are the same, and, and the point I was getting at is sometimes a book doesn't doesn't help me enough. Yeah, I, I can't comprehend the description that somebody is typing, and often the photograph doesn't capture it just right. And so, one thing we did right here at Alderman Farms, and we plan to repeat it, is we we hooked up with a uh, an expert, a wild edibles expert. And and uh, and had a wild edibles walk. We paid her. Mm -hmm. We we announced it on Facebook. <laughs> That's right. And uh, once we had enough interest to where we could pay her to come, and and her cost was reasonable. I think she charged like fifteen dollars a head or something like ten, that. Ten or fifteen. Ten it or may fifteen. Have just been ten. Uh, maybe so. I don't know. Lindsay. But everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody chipped in and paid her, and mm -hmm. so I don't remember how many people we had, 20, 25? It was, it, it was, I don't think it was quite 25, but I think it was at least 20. Yeah, somewhere <clears throat> somewhere around 20 people showed up, mm -hmm. and it was amazing. And the most amazing thing was I had, you know, we, we're, we're living in the woods or surrounded by woods, and I expected to take them on trails all the way back to the creek, which is, you know, three-fourths of a mile back there. Mm -hmm. We hadn't taken four steps down the driveway. Yeah, she's yeah, she's the pointing driveway. out stuff on the side of the driveway that had uh, medicinal value. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. so. And do you know, it made me sick that I got sick. I had walked around with her. We made just a little loop, and she just identified a few things that, well, about ten things that she wanted to point out to everybody and show. And the week before that, Tommy had been so sick yeah and um anyway so i walked the trail with her and, sh and showed her around and i had been telling tommy you need to mow this trail you know, but it was a good thing he didn't mow the trail because she found so many different things on the trail but anyway i knew what there was and she would i didn't bring my pad and pencil because i'm just not familiar with with any of the stuff and by the time I got back to that the house, I was aching all over. I had fever. I felt horrible. That's right. And that I started. I tried to go. I went down the driveway and I saw the first wild edible. And I tell, I said, I've got to go back to the house. And I was sick for two or three days after that. Yeah, so missed the whole thing. I missed so. the thing. Tommy took pictures of everything, but I wasn't there to write down the names of stuff. So. It was all lost. I mean, we remembered a couple of things, you know, but uh, so. Scratch Made Homestead asked where we found that girl. Well, well, that's a long story. I won't. I we won't, met her at the, through the homestead. Yeah, through the through the um, 
the Mississippi Sustainable Agricultural Net Network and mm -hmm. uh, so forth and so on. But I tell you what, anybody who is interested in mm -hmm. finding a local uh, edibles, wild edibles expert, if you'll send us an email to edibles, no. uh, E-D-I-B-L-E-S, edibles at aldermanfarms.net, um, I will put you in contact with Lindsay, and she may know somebody because, you know, those kind of experts, know they all know each other. Mm -hmm. And um, so she may well yeah, be able might. to put you yeah. in contact uh, or find a resource for you in your area. So if, if you want to know about that, email us at edibles at aldermanfarms.net, and I'll put yeah. you in touch with her. Yeah, that'd be good. And, that, you know, that, is, and that, that, that would help anyone to be more sustainable yeah you know that would help anyone and and one thing that she did find was a wild we call it we said a wild mint but it was actually at the home place on our property so it was probably something tommy's ancestors ancestors i'm the descendant yeah yeah <laughs> saying it backwards something that they had planted in their yard that they used probably for medicinal uses yeah more so, than likely yeah and uh i was checking my news did you tell them about our recent discoveries um, I don't know what you're talking about. We've been here. We've been here since 2000, and last week we we actually found. I may have mentioned this last week because it may have been week before last when we found it. But we found two uh, wild persimmon trees within 30 yards of our house. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Or 50 yards yeah. of our house. I knew we had one right here, but uh, Tommy found some little green. Uh, now, now they've fallen off too soon, and it's because of because it's so dry. so dry and the heat and everything. He's like, "What is this?" And and I looked, and well, one of them had turned black. It was falling to the ground and turned black. Mm -hmm. And I got to looking at, it and I saw the seeds, and I looked around, and I saw the trees. I can usually pick out a persimmon tree. I love those little wild persimmons. They're Actually, so I thought what I thought I saw on the ground was a muscadine. Yeah. And I immediately looked up and didn't see anything resembling a muscadine mm -hmm. vine. And so then I was puzzled. What is this? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and you know, one thing led to another and we found we found the wild persimmon trees. Yeah, so. and it's right here in my mom's backyard. I knew, like I said, I knew we had the one, but there's two more. Uh, just a little... A few steps from yeah, it, not far from it. You yeah. Know? So. so, anyway, that's that's encouraging. But we do have animals that are right there, so I'm sure as soon as they hit the ground, they're eating them up. So, yeah. Um, let's see how we doing on time. We got we got time. Mm. Um, you know, we had. Well, let me let me ask this question. Let me post this pose this question. What are some some simple and not necessarily so simple things that you do that to be sustainable. You know, we're talking about, you know, we talked about naming the show, what is what is sustainability? Or, or you know, I mean, I, of course, we're not 100% sustainable. You know, we depend on electricity, no. you know, and, and everything. But we, we are taking steps to become more sustainable. And so, you know, what are a couple of things that you're doing the, to become sustainable? And, and let me tell you how we define sustain sustainability uh, just a general definition because uh, you know if you ask five people you may get five different definitions of what it what sustainability means i think at its core sustainability means sort of what the root words mean um that uh an operation whatever it is requires no external inputs so that's the goal mm -hmm. um that whatever you're doing um, if you if you want to talk, and you can apply that to whatever your the specific project would be, mm -hmm. a garden, for example, in order for a, a garden to be fully sustainable, it would mean that, uh, as Patty talked about, you didn't have to buy seed, right? No, and not fertilizer, which you, we're there. You wouldn't have you to know, buy fertilizer, don't. which, yeah. like Patty said, we don't. Uh, our but fertilizer see, our watering, our watering will be our problem, you know. Which, of course, I want to do some rain barrels. Yeah, we hadn't done that yet. We haven't we, done well, we rain do have catchment. A rain, we have a rain barrel that we've got the faucet on the bottom, remember? Yeah, but we haven't set them up by the garden yeah, or anything like that. We don't I would like to do some gutters, you know, to catch the water. It would be gravity-fed that we could. And, of course, you know, we would only water in extreme droughts to keep things alive because if we were having a drought, you're not having rain, you know? That's right. So. Um, livestock operations, you know, for a livestock operation to be fully sustainable— yeah. It means you don't have to buy feed. Yeah. Um, that that the operation sustains itself 
uh, without any outside inputs. How does that does that, does that definition jive with your understanding uh, yeah. of what it means to be sustainable? And and obviously sustainability is not an all or nothing thing. I would think total sustainability should be the goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you should celebrate uh, benchmarks along the way from total dependence on mm-hmm. outside inputs. There are lots of benchmarks between total dependence on outside inputs to total sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that how does that definition jive mm-hmm. with with you guys? You know, somebody said having a, a community of like-minded people that share in their individual goods. The, and I mean, you know, that that does help you to become more sustainable. If that's what you are posting that in, in reference to, you know, that definitely makes helps you to become more sustainable when you're not responsible for everything. Just like my neighbor across the street. He gardens, but he has no animals, you know, except a dog, you know, but we have plenty of manure to share, you know, so that would, that would go in with the community, you know, of, of sharing, of sharing the work, you know, and sharing, sharing the goods. Um, let's see. I'm going to see if yeah. I can, I'm going to see if I can locate Tomas. Okay. Yeah, we have, we have the grandbaby again today, so, you know, we got to keep a, a check on him. Um. Somebody said, don't think they could ever be 100% sustainable. Uh, we all need help. And that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, and somebody says uh, pecan, walnut, peach, and apple trees, and pear trees. Yeah, I, and I have tried, and I have tried. And I'll say this. All of my guys that mow grass mow down my trees. We would have a yard full of trees I if... Well, Corey hasn't cut down a tree. but uh, Guilty. Yeah, and Cameron. Oh, my goodness, Cameron. Oh. Cameron's cut down trees too, but anyway, uh, and I've killed trees just because I can grow a garden, but I can't seem to grow flowers or trees very good, so that's just the way it is, but uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah, Grandpa said water is usually the biggest challenge in a lot of areas in the West. Boy, that's true, yeah. And and I'm going to tell you how we are too. I like my chips and dip. You know, I make salsa, and we buy our chips uh, to eat with it. Um, I've been being real bad and buying their bread. I've been buying me some gluten-free bread. I mean, Can you, you believe know, that? With all that bread she bakes? I sell that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she all that bread she makes, she, she sells it. So we got to go to the yeah. store and buy bread if we want bread. Well, I did have y'all loaf of sourdough in that refrigerator, and it did, it stayed in there a while. Y'all didn't eat it. So. Oh well, that's true. But anyway, you know, so there, there's we would hurt as far as um, what we're used to eating, but we do put up a lot of stuff too. You know, we do put up. Now we don't. We wouldn't. We wouldn't suffer because of Coke. You know, but we'd suffer because <laughs> of coffee. We love our coffee. Yeah, we need to start buying some more coffee. <laughs> we need to stop <laughs> I ain't willing to give it up. Sorry. No, no I say Grandpa's saying chips equal GMO. I actually buy um, GMO free chips. Yeah. So I do. I do get those. So, yep. but I, we are. We we do get a uh, probably a small amount of GMO stuff um, that I may not be getting that is organic. So, but uh, no, I do try and. Uh, do GMO free stuff. Um, yeah, she get uh, we. Uh, I guess we could mention the buying club thing. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, we have we we're uh, in a buying club called Azure Standard. You can go to them azurestandard.com. A it's it's A Z U R E azurestandard.com. And uh, they actually um, are out of Oregon. And they send out like a semi truck down here, um, and there's different drop points and everything. Um, there's a small freight charge, but it's really nothing. I've got diatomaceous earth, and I was really excited about that uh, because I mean, my whole order, my freight charge was eleven dollars, and I, I forget how much I paid for the diatomaceous earth, but it was a normal price. So I was just excited about that. So hang on a second, Amanda's Garden says, "I hear you on the coffee." And I heard you can sprout coffee beans. I need to research that. Well, bad news is our oldest son, Cameron, in Oregon, uh, spent a year or more working with mm-hmm. a coffee company up there. It's a, that's a whole fascinating story in and of itself. It's a, it's a single bean coffee. You know, they specialize in – it's like wine tasting. I mean, those guys, the, the, yeah. uh, the roasters – can like smell coffee roasting and tell you what country and what altitude that bean was grown in. Uh, but anyway, yeah. we can't, we don't have the right 
soil and the right climate here to really grow coffee um, in, in any quantities to to have enough to make it. I wish yeah. we could. That'd, and, be, that'd and, be awesome. And it's quite a process. Um, and I've I've missed my comment. I think it's gone up, but somebody said they gotta have. Oh, there he is. Kelly, Kelly Hudson said gotta have. I uh, gotta have my sweet tea, which I do mint tea for Tommy, and I actually found some apple mint that I'm growing and some orange mint. And the yeah. apple mint is a nice mild taste. Um, I quit doing tea a long time ago. Um, when I started having to make two pitchers a day because I got aggravated <laughs> with them, and so we went to milk and water. So we've been a milk and water family for most of the the last 20 years, I guess, but uh, we do have sweet tea occasionally um, if we have uh, a, a generous amount of honey because I don't, we don't do a lot of sugar, so. No, we uh, use honey, yeah. Yeah, and we um, do have a beehive, so we would have uh, a little bit of sweetener, you yeah. know, so. Hey, let me, let me interrupt for a second here. Uh, uh, Danny and Wanda were, were checking out Deep South Homestead to go get ready. It looked like they said they were going live uh, instead of uh, Big Family Homestead. So I, I didn't get that memo. Oh, okay. it, so if that's correct, uh, somebody chime in if they know that to be true. Well, I mean, let me rephrase that. If they understood the same thing I did about what Danny just said, Danny Wanda just said, that instead of going to Big Family Homestead after our show, you need to go to Deep South Homestead. Yeah, it says, hey, guys, Deep South is going live in 15 minutes for Big Family Homestead. Give us a few minutes to get up. Thanks. All right, to get so set great. Up. Okay, great. so it looks like you need to go to Deep South Homestead uh, in here minutes. in about 14 minutes instead yeah. of Big Family Homestead. Um, and let us know. Somebody uh, said that their daughter got them coffee bean seeds and haven't tried them yet. I would be interested to know how that goes. And yeah. what, what, what part of the United States are you? Well, <laughs> what yeah. region do you live in, I guess yeah. you should say. I'd like to know more about that, too. Yeah. Basics to living, uh, uh, do you can with honey? I haven't. I haven't done any can. What do you mean that. can with honey? I wish I knew what you meant by that. Well, she may be meaning like uh, jellies and stuff like that. Oh, You know, yeah. jelly and all. Um, I haven't done anything like that. In fact, No, in fact, I need the honey for my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we, we really haven't had that much extra honey to do that. Um Anyway, but um, I actually still use pectin. I've never even tried to can honey, I mean, can honey, can jelly using the old-fashioned method of, of cooking it down and maybe using, you know, some some apples in it to increase the pectin and stuff like that. I've read about it, but I just, I've not done it. I've not done that. Yeah. Um, let's see. You know what? We probably, uh, with the time, go ahead and say what you're going to say. No, no. I was just, I thought of something we're supposed to say and I forgot. Well, oh, about, about the sourdough. Somebody had mentioned yeah. sourdough. That's what brought made me think about that, but I've lost the comments. I think they said they made sourdough. Great. Um, I'm not sure, though. Well, I, just, I just glanced at it. Give me just a second. While she's doing that, let me tell you this. We've had good response on Patty. Uh, Patty had mentioned start doing a little live series on uh, starting with uh, how to start your start boy I'm tripping all over myself how to make a sourdough starter and what you do every day from that point until making bread and so we're gonna do that tomorrow we're gonna we think the uh, right off right now we're pretty sure we're gonna be live uh, at noon our time or right around noon central central time Mm -hmm. Uh, for her first, and she's going to be making her sourdough starter from the very from the very start of it. Yeah, you know, which so. shouldn't be a real long video. And no, it won't be a long video. I'll talk about a few things um, tomorrow, um, just about the way I'm going to do it a little bit different. The last time I did my, uh, I started sourdough starter. I did it a little bit different, so I'm going to be talking about that and. Yeah. And so join us. Just spend maybe five minutes, you know. Join long. us on our channel live tomorrow at noon Central Time, mm-hmm. and then you know I guess every day this week. Um, yeah, and that's what Tommy was like. Okay, now how long is it going to take you to make bread, and how long is this going to last? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to depend on the natural yeast and how well it. Yeah, how works. well it does. So anyway, so. We're, we're we'll take it as it goes. That's the beauty of live. Whatever happens, happens. So we'll be live tomorrow at noon. Mm-hmm. Um, that, let me tell you this, too. Uh, there was discussion last week about why we didn't set up an event, a live event, 
to schedule. And I want to do that. I've been out of town this week. Yes. Um, That's why so, there's no videos either to show. Yeah, Tom we didn't have any gone. video clips to show because I've been out of, time, out of town with my full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had an opportunity to understand the intricacies of, uh, there may not, you're probably thinking, what intricacies? It's simple, duh. <laughs> but uh, I need to make sure I understand something before I try it. And so <clears throat> I started the process of setting up an event for today. And I just wasn't satisfied that I'm, some of the settings you see are not the same as when you're just going live now yeah. like, like we're doing so um, if it wasn't for Tommy I couldn't do any of it so I don't know what he's talking yeah, about yeah so. she's got to learn some of that because I'm not going to be here all the time I could be out of town and she's going to have to know how to go live by herself I found that comment it was from Redhead Redhead Ranch and she said that um, they made some of the sourdough and bread today, actually, and they're going to post a video later on tonight. So that's great. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that – can they tag us in video? No, you mean? can't tag us. Oh. But they could send us an email to let us know. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I want to I see I want to see. We got video. so many – we're subscribed to so many channels, we may miss it. Uh, we may miss the notification. So He is. Yeah. So, you know, email us. Email Tommy at aldermanfarms.net and uh, when that video is available because we certainly want to check it out mm -hmm. um let's see ann re or e ann re i'm not i don't a, know ann a, ann ann said that coffee is a hard one but dandelion root tea can be a substitute for some my son cameron my oldest son he has made dandelion root tea hmm really if it don't taste some. like coffee it ain't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's mainly the uh and i i like my coffee thick as as Boudreaux would say, I like it thick. I like it when you put the spoon in there and it stand up straight. Uh, you know, remember we uh, we were both raised in Louisiana, yep. and so uh, community coffee is the only coffee in the world uh, f for us. And some of you may be saying, "What is that?" But uh, you just got to know. I mean, it's. Uh, it, yeah. it, if the state of Louisiana ever did a time capsule, I promise you it would have a bag of community coffee yes, in yes, it yes. and a jar of Tabasco sauce. The uh, the lady that has, uh, and I say lady, I don't. The person. The person that has the coffee beans is in Missouri. Hey. So you're going to let us Lynn, know. Lynn Penn. Okay, great, Lynn great, Penn. great. Do it. So that'll be great. That'll be great. I'd love to know. Let's see. Did I have any other announcement? Starter needs daily, daily uh, feeding. That's yes, correct. Yes. It does. Yep. And we're going to do that every day, Grandpa, um, at, at noon. And so one one thing is that what's so confusing, I remember when I first started doing sourdough, is, is knowing if it's right, if it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And so I feel like if we're live, y'all can see what mine looks like. And we can talk about that. Um, I can show the bubbling of it and all that and and actually the dough i remember the first time i ever made bread and, and grandpa you will know with your experience in bread is that you know it's it's you don't have to the the amount of flour you put in depends on how your dough is doing and everything so you know sometimes with my sourdough uh, especially when I'm making the large batches that call for 24 cups of sourdough you know I may omit the last two cups of flour because my dough is right but it's hard to tell people what the right elasticity in your dough is when you, they've never made bread so yeah. I feel like the live video will be really good and then you can go back and look at it also I think we're gonna try and put it together for a series so I'm smiling because I'm looking at grandpa's comments says cowboy coffee you don't sip it you bite off with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he does with his coffee that's right hmm. that's right okay great news deep south says brad is okay family is okay it's just a glitch that we will pray that will pass okay okay so, good good very good god knows what it is good deal yeah yeah, um, that's right. Appreciate that, Deep South, for, for letting us know. So yeah, uh, y'all go ahead and get on. You're dismissed, Deep South. Go get your <laughs> go get your stuff ready to go, and uh, <clears throat> we'll see you online in in just a few minutes. And it looks like Mary Grace had uh, success with her sourdough too. So that's great. That's excellent. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it seemed like I had another something I wanted to announce. Oh, yeah, we. Uh, oh, we do dark roast, <clears throat> by the way. Um, Dana, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dark roast. Oh, that's somebody has Folgers, yeah. Nah, that's Mississippi. A lot of people in Mississippi do Folgers. Is that? Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually found uh, 
There was a Walmart brand that uh, for a while that was the closest thing that we had found to community. Because when we first moved up here, isn't that right? We first moved up here, community wasn't up here? No, no. I had... Uh, they just cost too much for... For my budget, yeah. For our budget. At Actually, in Lu- it was in Louisiana when I started drinking. We started drinking the Dark Roast Walmart coffee. Yeah, because um, it just was so expensive on our budget. And and, you know. and then honestly, until I went, we went to Portland two years ago. It'd be two year was it two years in August or three? Two years ago, we went to Portland, and I don't know. It has nothing to do with Portland. I just remember because the co- coffee was not tasting right to me before I left. And when we went to Portland, we would go to some coffee houses, and I would get, you know. Uh, uh, mocha, you know, which is the kind of like, you know, the fancy coffees or whatever, I would get that. Um, and I love that. It was good. But, you know, Cameron had all these different coffees. He was working at that coffee place then, and we would, you know, drink different coffees and stuff like that. And I, and I come back home, and my coffee just, it still didn't taste right, and I didn't know what was going on. And I finally broke down and bought some community, and I'm like, now this tastes like coffee. And so, <laughs> you know, we've been on community ever since, and, you know, more than our just one of our kids didn't drink coffee, so, you know, it was a lot of us drinking coffee because it was six of us, and so now more and more has uh, left the nest, and so we just have one here all the time, and uh, so we can afford community coffee again, so we drink community coffee. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened with my taste buds. Something happened, and so. Whatever it is, praise Tommy God. Was, Tommy was glad. So. Whatever it is, <laughs> thank you, Lord, that it happened because uh, we can have our community again. That's where it's at. Oh, I think the only the other thing I was going to talk about is that uh, my my full time job I work for a public safety software developer, and uh, I do YouTube stuff for them. I do Facebook stuff for them. As pl- I'm a project manager, I won't get into all that, but I also take care of things like YouTube and Facebook and all. And uh, they just bought me uh, Wirecast, Wirecast Seven. Um, so, but I have to learn it. the the cool The coolest thing about Wirecast is that you can do simultaneous uh, broadcasting to, to more than one place. Mm-hmm. And so I wish I could, I wish I had it figured out in time for uh, Patty's sourdough series because I would love to be able to shoot it to YouTube and Facebook at the same time. Um, I know Living on a Dime does some simulcast to mm-hmm. uh, Facebook uh, and YouTube at the same time, but I won't have it figured out in time for this series. Maybe I'll have it figured out for Patty's next uh, live series uh, because there will be another one. I don't know what it'll be, but there will be another one. He likes pushing me out of my comfort zone. But she doesn't. She do a good job. <laughs> doesn't she look perfectly comfortable right now? She 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 does a great job. She does a great job. She shot some of her videos by herself, uh, and all I did was edit them. Now I got to teach her to learn how to edit, and I can retire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I couldn't. I'd never get them on the internet. So, well, I got to teach hmm. you how to do that. All right. Yeah, that software, uh, Basic said, wish I had that software. Yeah, it is expensive. Um, it was like $495. <laughs> and there's also a $900 version. Um, I didn't, I didn't, some of the differences between the $495 and the $995 version, it didn't even make sense to me. So, um, I didn't even understand. I think you could use, you could pull in like IP cameras that were not even, you know, just from an IP address somewhere. Um, I, didn't, I didn't need that. The comp- our company didn't need that either. So um, mm-hmm. I was tickled to death to get the $495 version. So um, It's like in your dancing abilities, baby. <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> Patriot, pretty good dancer. Good coffee will do that. That's right. I used to do a mean robot back in the day. Yeah. yeah, you can still do it. I was a dancing machine in high school, and uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to try that anymore because I, uh, I used to be able to jump real high and land in a split. But if I did that now, we'd have to call 911. That would be bad. That would, that be, would bad. be bad. I don't remember the last time I saw you do that. No, well, long, I remember the last time. time I did it, I thought to myself, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Thanks for all the kind comments, guys. It really, you know, Tommy, Tommy's been one. He, he's been MCs for different things and all that kind of stuff. So he's. He's the kind that can talk off off the cuff and all that kind of stuff. And I'm always behind the scenes, and I don't like to be 
I don't like to have the attention, and so this has not been the easiest thing for me. But thanks for y'all's kind comments. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, she really has done great, and it wasn't <laughs> something she really wanted to do. No. And, um, but, but I think you're getting used to it, though, right? Used to it. She, yeah, I just pretend like we can edit it and just delete it, and nobody ever sees it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so try not to remind her that this yeah, is live me, and there yeah. is no editing, and if you screw up, the whole world sees it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and um, yeah, but when you said do go to Facebook and to YouTube at the same time, Facebook seemed more live to me than YouTube. You know, I don't know. I know this is live. I know that sounds crazy. Somebody asking our age, or asking somebody. I don't mind telling you, I'm 53, and I'm 49. I just had a birthday. Yeah, and tomorrow is our 29th wedding anniversary. We yep. will have been married 29 years tomorrow at seven o'clock. At seven o'clock. P.M. P.M. Yeah, we didn't have a 7 a.m. wedding. No, no, no. We had a 7 p.m. wedding, but yeah. uh, I'm no. I'm amazed every day that I wake up and find out she's still here. No. <laughs> oh, and we're frozen. It's time to go. It is time to go. We're out of time. Go to uh, Deep South Homestead, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. If you've got any questions or comments, be sure and shoot us an email to radio at aldermanfarms.net. And we hope you'll hop on our website, sign up for our newsletter, uh, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We're everywhere as Alderman Farms. We really encourage you to check out our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash user slash Alderman Farms, where you can find a playlist of the videos involved with every one of these live shows, and somewhere north of 400 videos altogether of various topics. We appreciate it very much. See you next time.